Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Welcome back to Natural MD Radio. This is Dr. Aviva Ram. And today I want to talk about something that has become an increasing problem for women. I'm hearing a lot of women reporting this in my practice, and it is brain fog. What's brain fog? It's sort of this cloudy mental thinking. It's a feeling that you can't quite focus and concentrate the way you used to, or that you just have kind of a cloud around your brain. You're not really able to cut through to that clear, incisive thinking that you know you should have. And, you know, it's not just something I'm seeing in women in their 60s and 70s or even 50s. I'm seeing this in women in their 20s. I had one patient who was 22 who went to her doctor and told her doctor that she was having trouble concentrating in her last year of college. And he said, oh, it's just a normal sign of aging. And I want to make this incredibly clear. There are things that can be happening in our life that naturally lead us to have brain fog. And I'm going to talk about those with you today. But brain fog, forgetfulness, losing your memory, losing your focus and concentration should not be normal parts of a healthy brain. Our brain does age, but if we keep our brains nourished and supple, we should not be experiencing brain fog. So let's talk about the top 10 factors that we could be experiencing in our lives and what they're doing to our brain and how you can fix your brain fog because you should not be experiencing brain fog. You should be experiencing your life mentally clear and focused and able to concentrate and sharp and able to do the things you need to do, whether that's remembering where you parked your car or higher mathematics or getting through your naturopathic medical training, your medical doctor training, your nurse practitioner training, whatever it is that you're doing, and really starting to pay attention to the fact that if you have brain fog, there are some things in your life that you want to give some attention to. So the top most common trigger in our lives that causes us to have brain fog is being stressed, worried, overwhelmed, or distracted. So if you're having brain fog and you've been worrying about it, and I'll talk at the end about when you do need to be more concerned and get checked out, but if if you know that you're stressed out, if you know that you're worrying about something or someone in your life, and this is a new thing, you know, something new is going on in your life and suddenly you find yourself really unable to focus or you're just feeling like you're in a cloud, your head is in a cloud, not a good cloud, not a happy cloud, a distracted, unfocused cloud, just check in on what's going on in your life. That's always the first thing we need to do. Are you stressed? Are you worried? Are you overwhelmed? And are you distracted? Now, distraction is an interesting thing. I think most of us have gotten accustomed to an unhealthy level of distraction. So for me, in my life, a new practice that I'm doing is something called deep work based on the title of the book, Deep Work. Although I haven't read the book, I'm familiar with the concept and watched the TED Talk by Cal Newport. And it's about the impact of the amount of distraction that we're all experiencing based on our overexposure and frequently simultaneous multi-exposure to social media. So Cal Newport actually 
is not on any social media at all. And he's not a Luddite or hippie or back to the land or living in the woods. He's actually a tech guy who has made the personal commitment to not be on social media at all. Now, for most of us, me included, that's not realistic or practical or even something I want to do because if I weren't on social media, I wouldn't be able to reach you right now. And I do want to be able to reach you and have you reach me back, which is how you can communicate with me also and how I know what's going on for the women in my community through my Facebook page, through my website. But one of the things that I have done is made a commitment not to go on email until 2.30 every single day. My nurse from my medical practice knows how to reach me otherwise if there's an urgent call. I am instead spending my morning getting my bigger content work done, my intensive writing, my course creation, my book writing, my podcasting, my blogging done during that time. I'm not going on Facebook other than to post what I need to post to share with you twice a day and to check comments. So I've gotten very, very disciplined in how I'm using my social media. And already, I can't tell you, I wasn't having brain fog, but I was definitely starting to get driven to distraction where I would go on to write a blog and find myself 45 minutes later, having not only done my research, but then looked at the website of the person who sent me that research and compared myself and sometimes had you know, compare and despair moments. Oh, not only did this person post this research, but they did it better than I did. And their website looks nicer. And oh, she's 10 years younger than I am too. So she must be, you know, doing better and more successful and on and on and on the kind of things that our brains can do, even my brain and does it. So I have made a personal conscious commitment to not do that. We all have stress in our lives. We all have overwhelm, but how can we actually start to not use those as excuses for why we're distracted, but actually dive deep and change those things. So for me, meditation, exercise, getting out in nature, these are the things that help me to get out of my overwhelm. And once you start to feel really great, and once you start to remember what focus is like, it becomes easier to start to notice the things that pull you out of your zone. Now, one of the big things I do in my new book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, is actually help you to identify what it feels like to be in a zone where you are not distracted, not overwhelmed, and not stressed. And there's an entire chapter called Reframe, which helps you to learn to find that zone for yourself and recreate your life in a way that isn't quite so distracting, overwhelming, and stressful. And I promise you, I have four kids, they're adults, they go through their own things in life. There are many things that can come up for me, just like everyone else, that can be financially stressful, emotionally stressful, personally stressful, and mentally distracting. The key is to learn to live our lives in a way that gives us the skills and the inner strength and the inner peace to face those without letting it impact our health and our focus. And our brain fog, if we're experiencing it, is a measure, smaller or larger, of the healthy functioning of your brain. And for those of you who are trending health impact of our modern way of living, you know that dementia is an increasing problem. There are going to be more baby boomers than ever in our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we want to go into those years with a healthy functioning brain. So getting a hold of your stress, your worry, your distraction, and your overwhelm now is really important. 
For those of you who are listening in April, in early April, I have a program coming up that is actually free with the purchase of one copy of my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution. And you can get this course by going over to avivaram.com forward slash book bonus or avivaram forward slash F2F. F is in Frank, two, the number two F. You will learn about this fear to freedom, perfectionism to peace, and how it can help you very significantly overcome brain fog and very quickly. All right, so let's get on to point number two. You're tired. Fatigue is one of the hugest impacts we have on the health or lack of health of our cognitive function. And all of us know we've all had some event or experience in our life where we've just lost too much sleep and you can't concentrate the next day. But for a lot of women, whether it's adrenal stress or life stress or hormonal stress, keeping you up at night or just poor sleep hygiene, you're not paying attention to your sleep. So you're staying up too late, you're getting up too early, whatever the reason is, we have to get our sleep a priority in our life. We need seven hours of sleep a night. And anyone who tells you that you can hack your sleep down to five hours or four hours or less with bulletproof coffee or anything else is misleading you and leading you down a path of really long-term brain disaster. You have to get at least seven hours of sleep a night. There are maybe 5% of the population who in our 20s and 30s can get away with five hours of sleep a night. I was certainly one of those, but for most of us, we can't. And even in my 40s and now at 50, I definitely nurture myself by making sure that I am getting seven hours of sleep a night. You can do some tricks around your sleep. One of them is called sleep banking, which I talk about in my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution. There are blogs over on my website, avivaram.com. I'll put a bunch of links below this podcast for you so that you can zone in on your particular deficits. If it's sleep, if it's stress, you can go to the right resources for those or I've put them together all in one place called the Adrenal Thyroid Revolution so that you can take back your sleep. And in taking back your sleep, it's the first step to taking back your adrenal health, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. But the impact of lack of sleep, you can pretty much guarantee that you could just pack five pounds onto your body right now for even just a few months of not good sleep. You can pretty much count on brain fog, stress, food cravings, sugar cravings during the day just from lack of sleep. So we really, really want to get a handle on that. Number three, and these are not necessarily in order of importance, but more in order of how common they are, low blood sugar. I cannot tell you how many women come into my medical practice and I look at their food journal and they are skipping one meal a day, sometimes three, four, five times a week, if not more. A lot of women are skipping breakfast. If that's you, you have got to get your breakfast dialed in to get your brain sharp all day. It starts with that first meal. It's got to include protein and good quality fat because low blood sugar is a sure recipe for your brain not working well. And it's really important to learn the symptoms of low blood sugar. You can learn about those over on my website, or please, if you have brain fog, the adrenal thyroid revolution really was written for you because it's about maintaining 
blood sugar balance and all the core imbalances that lead to adrenal imbalance. But really what the key of that is, is cortisol dysfunction. One of the things that happens when we have chronic low blood sugar is it leads to what's called SOS or survival overdrive syndrome. Your brain thinks that it is in a crisis and that brain crisis makes your brain not work as well and it leads you to chronic brain fog. Cortisol itself actually rewires the prefrontal cortex. It's the part of your brain that gives you executive function. It gives you the ability to think through complex problems. It even impacts your willpower. So part of having brain fog often is accompanied by having a difficult time sticking to a diet, sticking to an exercise program, sticking to a diet that isn't filled with sugar or quick carbs because your brain is craving those things to keep up its energy. What you want to learn to do is keep your blood sugar steady and balanced throughout the day. Now, a quick way that you can learn to do that is go to my blog called the 24-Hour Adrenal Reset, and it's how to use each 24-hour block of your life to maximize your brain function by maximizing the health of your adrenal stress response and keeping your blood sugar steady, and you'll learn exactly how to do that in that 24-Hour Reset. So it's a quick reset you can do if you're not ready to get my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution. You want to get a quick sense of what it's about. That blog is all about resetting your circadian rhythm, and you'll learn about how to access that in the links below the podcast. Now, a really important piece to look at is depression and anxiety. So that's number four in the list of 10 things your brain fog is trying to tell you. Depression flattens out your brain signaling and your neurons are just not firing. The nerve cells in your brain are just not firing the same way. The neurotransmitters that you might not be producing at the same level as a healthy brain, if you're depressed, can really affect your brain function. Anxiety affects your brain function similarly, but it also causes emotional distraction. So Worry and anxiety are sort of along a spectrum. Worry is more low level. Anxiety is when that worry has sort of actually become more debilitating and more of a distracting problem. With anxiety, you're so distracted by your worry that your brain is diverting its thought processes down different pathways rather than intentionally focused pathways that are happening in your prefrontal cortex. So in my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, I talk a great deal about overcoming depression and anxiety. I have blogs specifically about that over on my website. And also my colleague, Kelly Brogan, she specializes as a holistic psychiatrist in depression for women. So you might want to take a look at her work. Also, my colleague, Hyla Cass, also focuses on depression as a holistic psychiatrist. So look to their work for additional information, but you will also find everything you need in the Adrenal Thyroid Revolution on how to change your brain back to health by managing your blood sugar, by managing sleep, managing mood, and resetting your mindset. Now, number five is something that you might not expect, but is also a big contributor to brain fog, and that's imbalances in your microbiome. 
We know that when you have candida overgrowth in your gut, candida is a form of yeast that grows normally in our gut, on our skin, in our vaginal canals. It's in our body as a normal cohabitant. But when your healthy microbiome gets disrupted, whether by a high sugar diet, by a lot of stress, by antibiotic use or overuse, but even any antibiotic use can disrupt your microbiome, or by lack of having fermented foods in your diet, yeast can get overgrown. Now, if you think about alcohol, alcohol is largely sugar and yeast. And it's what makes alcohol ferment, right? It's the sugar and the yeast. When you are overgrowing yeast in your body, it creates an environment that's almost equivalent to being drunk. So it affects your cognitive function at the level of drinking alcohol. And so it's really important if you're having brain fog and you're having digestive problems, or if you know you're not stressed, but who isn't, you're not really tired, you're keeping your blood sugar balanced, you're not dealing with anxiety and depression, and you're not sure what's going on, even if you don't have obvious gut symptoms, you could have microbiome imbalances. So resetting those microbiome imbalances by changing your diet, taking a probiotic, getting fermented foods in your diet, and the other steps that I talk about in the Adrenal Thyroid Revolution are really important. And you can also look over at my gut health blogs on my website to learn how to improve the health of your gut. And it's really interesting, but there's a direct gut and anxiety and gut and depression connection. So healing your gut is also a pathway to healing anxiety and healing depression for many people. It's, of course, many things in our lives can contribute to anxiety and depression. So I don't say that real emotional things aren't going on for you that are causing that. But a lot of times we assume that our lack of emotional resilience is because of X, Y, Z going on in our personal life when actually if you were to heal your gut, heal inflammation, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, that actually gives you the resilience to have a new outlook on those things that are going on in your life. And those things don't actually necessarily impact you as much. So for example, let's say you have financial stress. Yes, that can cause anyone anxiety and depression, but why are some people able to have resilience to that and overcome it and say, well, I'm going to create my own path. I'm going to start my own job. And they, they tackle that. Whereas other people wilt in the face of that. Some of that can be our own upbringing and inherited resiliences in our stress response system, but it can also just simply be inflammation or gut imbalances. And when you take care of those, you're like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I had a patient a few years ago who, oh my gosh, she was, she was so overwhelmed by her job and she hated her boss. She was in constant conflict with her boss. When she came into my medical practice for her first visit, for that first hour and a half visit, I kid you not, she went through almost an entire box of tissues. She broke out crying like eight or 10 times. She was so stressed out. The backstory on this woman is that she had celiac disease. She was now in her late 30s, but when she was in her teens, she got diagnosed with true celiac disease, which is an autoimmune dis disorder. She got all the gluten out of her diet, but then about three or four years before she came to see me, her doctor told her that she had gone into complete remission and so that she could add gluten back to her diet. Now for three or four years, she was in chronic anxiety, chronic stress, emotional meltdown. 
She had two kids. She had had severe postpartum depression, and she was eating gluten with the idea that her disease was in remission. Well, sorry to say, but honestly, anyone with celiac disease really can never, in my opinion, ever introduce gluten back in the diet. It's a poison for them. And here she was on this gluten with now celiac symptoms coming back. And so what we did was, I mean, this woman was ready to quit her job. She hated her boss. I mean, she was having like homicidal thoughts to her boss. It was really, really bad. And so she was thinking she had to quit her job, but that was causing her personal stress because she didn't want to be home full time and they needed the money from her job. So she went gluten-free and I kid you not, three months later, she was in my office and she was saying, Dr. Rom, I can't believe it, but all that stuff that I thought my boss was doing to me, I thought my boss was sabotaging me. I was paranoid. I thought my boss was talking behind my back. My boss wasn't doing any of that stuff. This was all in my mind. This was all my psyche. And it was the most incredible turnaround I saw from somebody actually thinking somebody else was trying to sabotage and ruin them and hated them. And once she was over that, she did go a little bit, she did cut her hours back a little bit at her job because she wanted to have more time to take care of herself. And she realized the value of taking care of herself and being able to prepare more of her foods at home. So she actually talked to her boss and said, can I work one day a week from home because I have celiac disease and I need to be able to prepare my own food. So I'm not getting takeout lunch with the staff, but I want to be able to bring food in so I can eat with the staff. It was incredible. And this was all around her gut. Which brings me to the next point, number six, something called brain flammation. This is a real term. It's one word. It's a, a, a combination word of, of your brain and inflammation. Brain flammation is a very real concept. We now know that it can contribute to de- dementia, psychiatric problems like schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, and also at the lower end of the spectrum brain fog. Brain inflammation is what is actually happening physically when you have celiac. It's the component that's affecting the brain. But other autoimmune diseases and chronic medical problems like chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, diabetes, any of these can have a contribution to brain inflammation. But so can more simply at a lower end of the spectrum before you are facing those diseases, food intolerances, any of the foods in our diet that we might normally think are okay, like sugar, or for about 50% of people, dairy, toxins in our food, artificial sweeteners. There are a number of ingredients in our diet that are not healthy or that for some people once in a while may be healthy or okay, like dairy that 50% of people just don't tolerate because they cause inflammation that can be causing you brain inflammation. How do you find out? You do a guided elimination diet. Now you can do the four-week plan that's in my adrenal thyroid revolution You can sign up for my gut reset, which we'll be doing again. It's a 28-day gut reset that we will be doing together in September. But I really urge you, if this gut reset is not live at the time that you're listening to this podcast, get my book or work with an integrative or functional nutritionist who can walk you through an elimination diet. You also have to take all the non-foods out of the diet, so all artificial ingredients 
artificial sweeteners, food colorings, processed sugar, really even any sugar at all, even natural sugar for a month if you have brain inflammation and all processed flour and gluten and dairy. Really, really critical. I'm not against sugar. I'm not against dairy. I'm not against gluten. If you're tolerant of those and you have those once in a blue moon in a healthy diet, all power to you. But if you have brain inflammation, this is really serious. Now, a little bit of brain fog once in a while, if you fix it, is not a problem. But new studies are showing that over time, prolonged, the same factors that lead to brain fog are the factors that lead to dementia. And your brain is too powerful a thing to waste. You cannot waste your brain. You, you do not want to have cognitive problems down the road. So we need your sharp focus. Now we need every woman able to contribute her best to the world, but also for your long-term health. Really, this is something not to dismiss. And I'll talk about when to get worried in a, in a bit. So we've talked about stress, distraction, overwhelm, and worry. We've talked about fatigue, low blood sugar, depression and anxiety, gut microbiome, and brain inflammation. The next thing I want to talk about is that we need to feed our brain. It's not just what we take out, but it's what we add in. So you want to think about foods like fatty fish, high quality protein, good quality fats like coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil, avocado, leafy greens and blueberries, dark berries in general, organic berries. All of these foods, the fats, the proteins, they feed our brain. They form the building blocks of the neurotransmitters, the chemicals that make our brain fire healthy way, in healthy ways that keep us sharp and emotionally healthy. And those, the leafy greens and the berries, and here's a fun thing, dark chocolate can all help your brain and exercise what some people have called mental muscle. They keep your brain strong, but they also keep inflammation down. So super important, not just what we take out, not just keeping our blood sugar balanced, but feeding our brain. We also know that especially for women, making sure that we have enough iron in our diet. Girls, when they start to menstruate around middle school, it's the same exact time that math and science high performance start to go down. When girls start to get anemic, when women have low iron, we start to have lower brain function. And a small study has shown that eating a protein-rich lunch for four months helped women improve their brain function, but also if that protein includes high iron foods, an iron-rich diet, that also improves brain power. And we have to quit skipping meals. We have to eat foods that feed our head. So feed your head and you will learn all about how to do that. I promise you in the program, in the Reboot Diet and the and the Replenish Diet programs, the Reboot is the Elimination Diet. The Replenish Diet plan is the lifelong way of eating that keeps your brain healthy. So feed your brain. Now, there are a few things that we have a little bit less control of. One of these is hormonal fluctuations. And when you hit your perimenopausal years, when you are in your menstrual cycle, on your moon time, and when you're pregnant, hormone changes do affect 
brain function. And so we know that changes in estrogen, for example, and all of us who have had a period in our life know that the last thing we really want to be doing on the first day of our periods is higher mathematics or taking, for me, I hated it when my medical boards would fall right around my period. I'm like, really, really? And it's not that you can't do the work. So I really want to emphasize that right this minute. Your hormones do not make you less capable mentally. It just means that we have to amp up our level of intentional focus because it's not really what our brains want to be doing. Our brains really want us to kind of like be doing artwork and snuggling in and reading a book, but you can do the work. But what we do have control of is hormonal imbalances. Now, um, I'm excited to share that my next book is going to be about the hidden hormone epidemic and the many factors that are happening in our lifestyles and in our environments that are causing problems like PMS, PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, severe menopausal symptoms. And what we want to do is honor and recognize the impact of normal hormonal fluctuations in our cycles and pay attention to those and use those to our advantage. At different times in our cycles, we have more mental clarity and then a different kind of mental clarity. We're more artistic or more driven at different times in our cycles. So when you can learn to work with those, if you know that you're going to be presenting to a board meeting about a million dollar project that you want their support for doing, start paying attention to your own cycle. Start paying attention to the rhythms of your hormones and your mental focus and your emotions and where those ebb and flow and try to learn to schedule what you can accordingly. But what you also can do is start to repair your hormonal imbalances. So none of us should be living with chronic endometriosis that's causing us chronic pain and mental and emotional distraction because of that pain or causing us to take medications, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, that can cause us to develop brain fog. If you have severe PMS and it takes you out five or seven or 10 days of the month and makes you unable to focus, well, there are studies, ladies, that show that hormonal problems actually reduce women's ability to achieve the same level of economic power that men achieve. And it's not because we have hormonal fluctuations, it's because we have hormone imbalances that are taking us out of the workforce, that are causing us to be driven to distraction because of pain and discomfort. So learn to get your hormones balanced. Um, my book at this point, if you're listening to this in April 2017, is not out yet. It won't be out until early 2019 as we're scheduled for right now. But there are some great books out there. Alyssa Vitti's Woman Code, Sarah Gottfried's The Hormone Cure. Get a copy of a book that can help you take control of your hormones. And if you're not sure how to start to understand your emotional and cognitive uh, fluctuations, check out my podcast that I just did with Alyssa Vitti and learn about her app, the Flow Tracker, that you can start to learn to use to do exactly that. It's a really powerful tool that you can put right on your iPhone, your smartphone, and use to learn to track your own hormonal ebbs and flows and how those affect your, your brain function and your emotions. Okay, number nine is thyroid and adrenals. And I'm lumping those together, even though they're very different organs. Both of those, when you are experiencing hypothyroidism or 
either adrenal overdrive, which puts you into that overwhelmed, stressed, distracted mode, or adrenal depletion or adrenal exhaustion, which puts you into that fatigued mode. And either one of these can be associated with brain inflammation. So both hypothyroid and adrenal imbalances can significantly lead to brain fog. In fact, it was brain fog as part of the constellation of symptoms that I was seeing in my patients in their 20s all the way to their 60s, where we should definitely not be seeing any brain fog. Heck, I was seeing it in teenage patients. I have about half dozen teenage girls that I'm working with who have brain fog. They're not able to go to school. I've had three teenage girls who have missed an entire year of school before coming to me because of cognitive function problems. They're not able to focus. They have brain fog. It was a big impetus for me writing The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, so you can bet your knickers, your bloomers, that I focus a lot on the impact of how to heal your adrenals, how to get your thyroid function optimized, and doing that to heal your brain fog. So not to be missed, Isabella Wentz, uh, Amy Myers, they also have books on thyroid and Amy Myers and Terry Walls have books on autoimmune. You can learn all about these other women in my field by checking out my other podcasts that I've done with them. So Terry Walls, she's a medical doctor, turned around her MS which has huge brain fog component to it. Amy Myers, she had Graves' disease, has really learned to work with women and men with autoimmune conditions. And Isabella Wentz is a thyroid pharmacist. She had Hashimoto's, learned to turn it around. A lot of people write to me and say, Dr. Ram, should I get your book? Should I get their books? You know what? Reading is really good for your brain. So have you heard the expression, use it or lose it? really, really important to exercise your brain by reading. So read all of our books, learn what each of us has to say. You're going to have aha moments where you say, wow, I read that in Dr. Rahm's book. And now, you know, Dr. Myers is saying it, or I read that in Isabella's book. And now Terry Walls is saying it. It adds to really good reinforcement. It helps you hear it in different ways. And you'll pick up different tips from different ones of us. And you may have MS and Dr. Wall's books speaks to you more, but definitely start with the adrenal thyroid revolution because it'll give you a really comprehensive, great place to start. But I'm all about learning from many of us. And again, one of the most important things you can do for your brain, if you have cognitive function, especially important, start slow, give, be patient with yourself. Don't let yourself get frustrated with yourself. Don't worry about the worry about your brain fog, because if you worry it adds to the problem. You know how it is when somebody asks you a fact and then you can't remember the fact it's on the tip of your tongue, but then you start worrying about why you can't remember it and then forget it. Like you'll never remember it because of that. The worry makes it worse, which is why worry is one of the brain fog contributing factors. But start with things like crossword puzzles. Do it manually. Don't do it on your iPhone. Get a real physical crossword puzzle and do it because that hand brain connection is so important to cognitive function. It's something we're losing in the age of typing. We're just not getting that same manual dexterity and that same type of brain connection that we've evolved to get by doing things with our handwriting, by doing things, by creating things, the things our grandmothers did, the knitting, the handwork, all of those things are super important. Crossword puzzles, scrabble, get a book on math problems, 
just exercise your brain. Less TV, more brain activity. So the adrenals and thyroid, super important to address. And then finally, medications. There are a host of medications that we get put on and the older you are, the more likely you are to be on medications that affect your brain. So what can look like a diagnosis of cognitive decline may actually just be that blood pressure medication you're on. It may be that statin medication you're on. It may be an incontinence medication you're on, or it may be a pain medication you're on. So whatever medications you're on, at any age, if you have started a medication and you are having brain fog, look it up online or ask whoever prescribed that, can this medication be associated with some impact on my mental clarity? If your doctor says no, but didn't look it up, don't take no for an answer. Say, please look it up and see if mental focus, cognitive function, anything like that is in the list of side effects. But certain medications, as I mentioned, blood pressure, incontinence, pain medication, medications for depression and anxiety, any of the medications in the family of anxiety medications, particularly the ones in the benzo category, the benzodiazepines are not only addictive, but are known to cause short-term, but even possibly long-term permanent cognitive function decline. So you want to get off those medications carefully and slowly because you can actually have very serious consequences of detoxing from the benzo medications. You want to work with someone who can do that for you, but you really want to, if at all possible, get off those medications for your cognitive function and look for natural ways to address blood pressure, incontinence. You know, 50% of women at least can come off of incontinence medications, urinary incontinence medications with proper pelvic floor exercise. Check out the work of Jessica Drummond and the work she's doing for pelvic floor exercise. Check out my blogs. Look at articles from people like Tirone Lodog on natural approaches to things like high cholesterol, high blood pressure. I talk about this in my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution. I talk about it on my website. I help my patients do this all the time. Can everyone 100% get off of all medications? Not necessarily, no, but can about 80% of people on medications for things like cholesterol, diabetes, and blood pressure come off of them and improve those conditions or reverse those conditions? Yes, actually, statistically, you can. So when should you worry? Here's what I would say. If you have had, or if you have a relative, particularly in their 40s or older, or anyone who has had a sudden onset, I mean, it's come on really quickly. We're talking days, weeks, or months of, of mental changes, and you're really noticing it. That person should get worked up by a medical doctor for what could be causing their brain changes, their focus and cognitive function changes. If you are really worried, if you're noticing some significant differences, not just you forgot where you parked your car because you had your three kids with you in the grocery store and you weren't paying attention or you were on your cell phone talking when you went into the store when you parked your car, less so. But if you're forgetting how to get to the grocery store, if you're frequently forgetting where you did things or you're starting to do odd things with any frequency like leaving your keys in the freezer and forgetting where you parked your car, 
and get checked out. And you know, I always say when in doubt, check it out. It's, there's no harm, no foul in having a quick cognitive test done if you're worried. And then you can put that worry to rest because we know that worry adds to the problem, right? We've learned that today and get to work on the actual things that are causing you the worry. So I hope this has been helpful, not added more to your overwhelm. If you would like to read this article, if that helps you reinforce things or if reading the information in print will help you, you can find this article over at avivaram.com, which is my website. Please grab a copy of The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution if you are struggling with brain fog or any mental focus decline, or if you have a friend or relative who is and you want to help them out, grab a copy for them. And you can get the book over at avivaram.com forward slash book bonus. You'll also find out about the fear to freedom, perfectionism to peace course, and learn how to take back your life from overwhelm, stress, distraction, and worry. That course is an adjunct to the book and it's totally free at this time. Eventually it'll be a paid course, but right now through April 7th, 2017, it is free with the purchase of one copy of the book. If you have found this podcast helpful, please let me know with a comment over on iTunes because iTunes elevates the blog so that more women can read it. And hey, ladies, we're in an adrenal thyroid revolution here. We are in a take back our health revolution the medical model, the medical community, it is failing us for the most part. It is not going to do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves. So letting as many women know that this information is available is not just my job, it's your job too. If you're willing to join the revolution, let women know about the podcast, let women know about my website and let me hear from you with likes and comments. And I'll see you next week at the next episode of Natural MD Radio. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.